In general, if you're struggling to make things seem fun or new for kids stuck in the house, remember that children are thrilled by anything different or outrageous. Hey there! Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 3. One of the many weird side effects of our collective coronavirus precautions is that almost every kid in the country is home from school right now. Families are having to come up with new routines and inspiration to keep everyone active, happy, and stimulated, and hang on to their parental sanity if possible. I am not a parent, so I can't offer direct experience on this head, but I've devoted a lot of my practice to designing great homes for kids and working with the parents of kids. I'm planning an upcoming episode to share some of the insight into that process, designing a remodel that can delight and grow along with your family. But this week, I want to give some kid-focused advice that could come in handy for parents who are working to keep their kids happy and engaged right now. So, that future episode will be about designing for kids. Today, let's talk about design ideas to try out with your kids. I reached out to a couple of kid experts in my circle to share their insights. Dara is a kindergarten teacher and child development expert. She's spent years in parent education. I'll share some of her advice on engaging with kids at several ages and how the concept of positive discipline timeouts can be a life-saving philosophy for frazzled parents and kids right now. Then I had a lively, even raucous post-bedtime video chat with some longtime family friends. They are Leah, a special educator in the Sun Prairie school system and mom to eight-year-old twin boys, and Elise, a graphic designer who has almost one, three, and six-year-olds at home right now. Their mom, Holly, is a lifelong fifth-grade teacher. Together, they provided me with a host of advice and input and helped me match up activities with appropriate age levels. You can find notes with the links that I reference and a handy summary of everything I'm about to say on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 303. Now, some of what I'm going to talk about is useful at any time in your life, regardless of world pandemic status, but some things are particularly important right now. And that's because kids' needs have changed during quarantine. Parents with kids in school may have had a smooth nightly parade of dinner, baths, reading, and bedtime. But when you have all day, every day with your kids in the house, you need to rethink that routine. It may help you to have multiple areas or stations around the house to move to through the course of the day. Tuesday's New York Times ran an article under the title How to Get Your Kids to Treat You Like Their Teacher, which strongly suggested making a spot for designated school activities, and if possible, having that be a different spot than what you use for play. After all, admonishing kids to use their indoor voices is actually a cliche. They're good at telling the difference between behavior that's right for the library, the lunchroom, or the soccer field. Adults do this kind of code switching easily, too. So make individual spaces for separate school and play activities. And the more the merrier. Build up stations for different parts of the day. This idea of stations is a central tenet of the Montessori teaching method. Montessori classrooms are arranged in stations filled with supplies for crafts or objects that kids can explore and learn from. Children move around the room at their own speed, exploring things that catch their interest. The trick is that the whole room has been pre-configured to be child-accessible and safe. Now, that might be harder to accomplish in your whole house, but you might designate one or two rooms as wander-proof and set them up with low-height shelves containing supplies or objects that your kid likes. When a child gets tired of doing one thing, having them literally shift to another space can reframe their mood and help you shift gears. By the way, this is good advice for adults, too. Rather than gluing yourself to your work-from-home desk, when you get fried, switch to a different activity in a different part of the house for a while. 
Thinking about spaces specifically for kids ties right back to my topic from last week, how a good house needs to have plenty of room to bring everyone together, and also lots of little micro spaces where multiple family members can get off on their own and have private time. If you need spaces like that right now, and you don't have time to execute a remodel to get them, that's all right. I've put together a little PDF download for you describing how you can make a cozy nook for away time or work, relaxation, any activity you want in different areas of your home. One of the types of spaces I use as an example in that PDF booklet is a play-away space. Kids especially need their own private getaway during times like this. It might be a fort under the bed, a tent made from sheets and suspended hula hoop, or an actual camping tent set up in a kid's room. Grab the download at midmod-midwest.com nooks to see some examples and get inspiration. Now, I'm not only talking about places for formal school replacement activity here. You need to keep your kids happy and entertained 24-7 right now. So here are a few play ideas that revolve around design and space in your home. In general, if you're struggling to make things seem fun or new for kids stuck in the house, remember that children are thrilled by anything different or outrageous. Breakfast for dinner concept. Adults like it because it's easy and breakfast food is delicious, but kids like it because it cues their instinct for the subversive. So help your kid feel excited and special by flipping the script. You might put siblings who had been in separate bedrooms back into one space, make it a semi-permanent sleepover, and designate the other room as a play fort. Or it could be a time to let your kids color on the walls. Think about covering an area in chalkboard paint or chalkboard contact paper, or tape cardboard boxes to the walls. We all have plenty of Amazon boxes right now. Or just let them draw on the house. They can marker right on the walls in their own bedroom and you can paint it over thickly later. Make life exciting. Pretty much a universal winner in the subversive category is to bring the outside in or the inside out. Try setting up camping gear in the living room. Have a cookout in the fireplace and then bed everyone down in a tent for the night or for afternoon nap. This could be left standing or you could put it away and then get it out again as a treat on a regular basis to make weekends feel more special, for example. This idea extends to any kind of temporary or permanent fort that your kids can build, either in a family space or in their own room. The flip side of that is a treehouse, taking the inside out. You could have a kit delivered from your local hardware store, no contact delivery, and even have your kids help you assemble it. Or if you've got a stash of building materials in your basement, you could design and put together a simple fort from 2x4s. Get your kids to help. Children as young as 5 or 6 could help out with certain supervised activity, like hammering or painting. You can also just create a temporary outdoor room, bring furniture to the lawn, or set up the deck as a fort. What all of these ideas have in common is that you're creating a little micro space, a nook, in your home or yard. You might also think of a kid nook as a helpful tool in keeping the peace. After all, everyone cooped up in the house all the time, tempers are bound to occasionally run high. You can use the philosophy of positive discipline to help you and your kids cool off if things spiral out of control. Positive discipline is promoted by Dr. Jane Nelson. I'll link to her website in the show notes. And she explains it this way. We would find it pretty off-putting if another adult reacted to a mistake on our part by grounding us or telling us to go to our room and think about what we've done. She doesn't like the idea anymore for kids. Instead of using a timeout as a punishment, she recommends dealing with kid conflict by giving everyone time to reset. You work with your child in advance to make a special place filled with things that help them calm down and feel good. Then, if they act out, you can offer them a chance to go to their feel-good place and cool down. If they say no, you could take a break in your feel-good place and model healthy behavior. 
When I learned about this method, I immediately remembered my own childhood. My mom took a very rational approach to parenting, and when things went wrong, we'd often get a five-minute timeout. I think she kept the five-minute timer set on her watch permanently through my child years. I could go read a book, play with toys, whatever. It never felt punitive. We just both needed to cool down for a little. Dr. Nelson notes that this kind of timeout space doesn't work for kids under three. Your child has to be old enough to get involved in the design of their feel-good place, to feel good about going there. This gets back to something I'll circle back on later. Whether you're designing a positive timeout space, a classroom, or any area for your child, giving them agency over the process is hugely beneficial to their actually using and liking that space. Plus, here's a bonus. Design is both fun and educational. Now, I may be biased, but I happen to think that the best grown-up job around is architecture. It lets me constantly engage my left and right brain. I'm always learning new things and practicing old skills. Why not use design as part of your child's wider education right now? Here are some ways you can get your kids thinking and working on design-related projects. I've consulted with my experts and sorted them out by age group. We'll start young. From age three, kids are very motivated by the idea of real work. They're thrilled by helping out with mundane chores, working on the yard, and they would love to do something with their own living space. Now, they may not have the skills to do these tasks perfectly or quickly, but if you can exercise a little patience and perhaps lower your standards slightly, you can set yourself up for a parent-child relationship that involves helping with chores for life. And that is a big win. If you want to get the three to five set thinking about design, Set them up with an Amazon delivery box and the project of creating a fairy house. Non-fairy-oriented kids might get fired up about making a home for their action figures or home for yard animals. A pirate hideout seems to have universal and gender-neutral appeal. This activity is age-scalable. It can become more detailed for your older child. You can also make a fairy house in your yard with found objects. Look for twigs that you can wrap up with string and make an extension bridge to hang between two branches in a tree. Or make furniture, a path, or a fairy garden out of twigs, leaves, and stone. If you go on Pinterest, you risk becoming overwhelmed. Adult crafters do this and take it to an extreme. But kids are satisfied with much less, especially preschool-aged children. Kids also love to be involved in planning for things. They like logistics. So rather than staying up late after bedtime and dreaming and setting up an elaborate craft project, ask your kids what they want to create and get them involved in brainstorming to help you source the supplies and problem solve around your stay-home order. Between five and seven, think about getting your kids in design thinking about your home. By age five, your kids should be ready for the concept of simple floor plans. Measuring things, counting, simple addition and subtraction are core kindergarten skills. So dig out a tape measure and get them to help you measure a room, or every room in your house. Once you've created a simple floor plan for part of your house, use construction paper to cut out furniture and special features that they can move around the floor plan. The farther through elementary school your child has progressed, the more detailed you can get about making near-accurate plans or drawings of, of your house, and the more detail you can ask of them in their design of imaginary spaces. Also help them with mapping exercises. Make a big map of your whole area and help them locate their friends' and family's houses and the places you used to go often. Point out where each person that they Zoom call with is for class, for school. Identify families' houses. Identify the schools and shops that they love. Ask them to draw the places they used to go regularly. They can use their memory, or you can cue them using visual Google Street View images. Have them design a remodel for your house or design their own dream house. Design a house for each of their friends and relatives or pets, tailored to specific needs. This can range from a simple coloring book exercise for a small kid or extend to plans and elevations for an older one. 
Now, by late elementary school, depending on your personal screen policy, which may have changed during the pandemic, you've got a great time to start engaging kids with design tools on the internet. Have your kids start a Pinterest board for their dream room. Note, you do need to be at least 13 years old to start your own Pinterest account, but you can choose how much supervision to offer. Maybe navigate with your child to have them create a vision board for their room redesign on your Pinterest account. You can get your middle school student hooked up with SketchUp. This is a free 3D modeling program that I use professionally, which allows someone to create just about anything in computer-generated form. This is something they can explore on their own, or I'll provide a link to the official SketchUp for Schools website, which includes design exercises ranging from a custom castle to a birdhouse for shop class. The program is easy to navigate for any computer-savvy young person. Here's a suggestion. Have them make an accurate model of your house. It isn't just a good brain teaser exercise, it could prove invaluable to you during the design planning process. Hiring a draftsperson to do it would cost serious money. See if your preteen will do it for free, or for treats. A high school student should be able to handle pretty much any design, drafting, or even home DIY project that you can. A lot of people are reporting that their shut-in teens are feeling despondent and disconnected from normal lives. Formerly social kids are cut off and alone. Those who were normally high-powered go-getters are at a loss without their arm-long list of extracurricular activities. Set them to work on overhauling a space for themselves or improving a communal area. At any age, it's useful to have a framework for design thinking. Dara School uses the Stanford D School created curriculum, Design Thinking. I'll provide a link in the show notes. The short version is, you start with a process when approaching a design problem that begins with empathize. Put yourself in the place of the problem and see it from several points of view. Then move on to define. Figure out the scope of what you're trying to do and put some boundaries around it. What's your goal? After that, you ideate. Come up with ideas, brainstorm, and create. Get imaginative. Describe and draw your ideas. Then, prototype. Put your ideas into practice and see how they work. And finally, test. Is it working? Circle back and refine the process as many times as needed. This is a good framework for solving any design problem. Remember, design doesn't have to be limited to paper and computers, or even to dioramas. Get your kids actually working on physical projects, if you can. I love the idea of involving kids regardless of their age in your home improvement projects. This may slow down the process, but you'll be giving them a life skill they can hang on to forever. For parents of younger kids, you might worry about their skill level dragging down your quality control. If so, you can try parallel work. Have them paint on a flattened cardboard box while you paint the walls. But on the other hand, it can be helpful to just let go of your need to control the outcome, especially if you're working in their space. I think that painting is one of the most accessible all-ages projects, plus it's pretty easy for you to get the materials in a time of limited access to outside things. You can arrange to have paint cans and even brushes and rollers assembled and popped into the backseat of your car at a local hardware store without much contact with the outside world. And then you can start a transformative family project. Kids will always be most engaged when they feel a sense of agency over the project. Let them choose colors or pick the room in question. Get them involved on the ground floor of design. If you are letting them go wild with their own bedroom, try to stick to some basics for long-term items like furniture, but let them go nuts with accessories, which can be more easily switched out over time. Remember, whether it's their room or some underused room in the house, it's a great idea to help your kids create a space of their own. Involving your kids in family design projects will give them a sense of agency over the house and create a lifelong memory. I'd like to give one last shout out to Dara, Leah, Elise, and Holly for their excellent advice. And 
I'd love to hear from you about what design-related activities you may already have tried with your children or what you feel inspired to try based on listening to this episode. I would love to hear from you. Drop me a line at Della at midmod-midwest.com via email, or you can find me in the direct messages of Instagram at midmodmidwest. I'd love to hear about your projects. Hey, did you catch me on the Larry Mueller show today? If you're listening first thing in the morning, tune in at 11 a.m. Central on the Ideas Network. You can call in with your questions about your home or kids. Or if you've already missed it, you'll find a link to hear it in podcast form in my show notes or on the WPR website. You can grab that PDF download on making nooks for your home at midmod-midwest.com slash nooks. Or just check the show notes, midmod-midwest.com slash 303 for links and an outline of all these ideas. You can help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. For now, stay home and stay safe, Midmod Remodelers. Let's talk next week.